I don't know if you've ever heard of the Gentleman Bandit. It was kind of a big deal back in the early 90s, actually late 80s, early 90s in Texas. There was a man going around uh, robbing people in hotel rooms. I believe they made a movie out of it. Uh, robbing people in hotel rooms, and he would he would come in and he was very courtly and nice, and he would say, uh, "Hi, um, it's good to see you. How have you been?" And they would say, "It's great." And they would, he would come on into the hotel room and he would say, "I'm sorry, I, I'm here under false pretenses. I'm going to rob you." And so he would he would um, pull his gun out, um, which didn't work. And uh, would, would rob them, get their money. He had lost his job and uh, didn't know what to do. And soldiers started robbing people in hotel rooms. Rich, ritzy hotel places. You know, with more than just waffles for breakfast. And he would, he would go in and he would, he would um, rob these people and get their money. And they called him the gentleman bandit because he was so polite and kind. He would ask people if... They were comfortable while he was tying them up, and uh, he, sometimes when it turned out that the person in the room had it um, worse than he did, he wouldn't rob them at all. He would just he would say, "Could you give me some time to get away?" And they would say, "Sure, yes, we're friends." And he would go over two hundred robberies in two years. Uh, the FBI caught on in Houston and started paying attention to these robberies and there was just no pattern they could find and they couldn't find him, they couldn't catch him. And a lot of times, he, he just had an every man face. They eventually arrested a man in Houston and um, they arrested him because he matched a description that someone, uh, that they had drawn, a sketch artist had drawn a description this man matched that description. Once they arrested this man, uh, a man named Lon Perry called the police and said, you have the wrong guy because I'm the guy. And turned himself in. Saying, I couldn't, the gentleman bandit, through the form, said, I couldn't, I couldn't bear having someone else pay the price for my own crime. I met Lon in 2012 in the state penitentiary in outside of Teague, Texas. Uh, he was a member of a Church of Christ in Houston. And he was one of the nicest guys, one of the most cordial guys you'll ever meet. Um, there were times, Lon was old school Church of Christ. Those of you who have been going to Church of Christ for a long time know what I mean. It's old school Church of Christ, and he would, uh, there were times that he would disagree with my particular take on a scripture. And he would say, Benjamin, I think I kind of disagree on your particular take of the scripture. <laughs> still still gentleman, gentlemanly robbing me of my take. <laughs> but he was a great guy. He really was. He just he, he fell on hard times. And he sort of made a decision that affected the rest of his life. Remember, I met him, I met him in 20, 2012. I don't know if you've noticed, my voice is gone, so if you can hear me, then uh, praise be to God. If you can't, you might have to praise God for that too. <laughs> um, I met him in 2012. This was, he was arrested in 1991. Lon eventually got cancer in prison and applied. Um, he was in his uh, late 70s. 
cancer, um, applied for, um, just released to be taken home and be taken care of at home with his wife, who was still married to him. And uh, Texas said, you can't really get by with 200 robberies without us knowing about it and us be lenient. And they didn't let him out. And he would say, those are my consequences. Those are the consequences of the things that I did right now, or at that moment in time. Now, one of the things about time that's interesting is that it doesn't stop. It just doesn't stop. Uh, I was, when I turned 30, I was complaining to my mother about turning 30. Not really, just half, halfway. And I said, hey, I'm getting old. And she said, someone who's turning 30, who she, she was in a couple months was going to turn 50. Um, I, she said, someone who's turning 30 cannot complain to someone who's turning 50. She said, I'm, she said, I'm, still, I'm older than you. And I said, yes, but I'm catching you. She said, no, you're not. That doesn't make sense. And I said, yes, it does. Ten years ago, I was half your age. Today, I'm 60% of your age. And when you're 100, I'll be 80% of your age. I'm catching you. Well, time flies by. Remember when you were a kid and you had to take a trip? It was an hour trip and you thought, this trip is taking forever. Or when you're, when you're five, it seems like it takes forever for you to turn six. That's because that next year is a full 20% of your life that you've lived so far. Comparatively. And when you get 70, you think, man, time's just flying by. Because a year, compared to the time you've lived, is nothing. Did I just make somebody pass out? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just math, right? Uh, so, um, so, so... I, I was told there would be no math. <laughs> um, but there is a... Um, there, there's this thing about time. There, there's, there's time that has happened. And there's time that's yet to be. But the time that we've got right now is just this instant. Just this second. This minute that goes by. And it transitions from time that is yet to happen to time that is already happened right and the decisions we make right now affect what, we will, what will happen to us in the future. And the decisions that we've made are affecting what's happening to us right now. We are in this conundrum of our own decisions. And there's going to have to be a time whenever you, you decide... I will no longer make decisions based on what has happened to me in my past, but I will only make decisions based on where I want to go in my future. A lot of us, the decisions we are making are just reactions to past experiences. Well, I'm not going to do that again because last time I, last time I made myself vulnerable to somebody, last time I loved somebody, I was hurt. Was your life about managing your past or is your life about aiming for your future? And for, for most of us, if we're, if we're just going to relax and live life, if we're just going to float down the lazy river of life, as I say, <clears throat> just let the waves take us where they will, will, we're not thinking 
about what's going to happen. You're just thinking about what has happened and you're reacting to it. Uh, just added illustration from last night or from yesterday. Uh, one of our children, I won't say who because she's the oldest, is um, took to doing a face like, oh, oh, oh. just like, like that, like a face that we didn't like. We didn't like her face. <laughs> and so what we, we, we said, we, said, we kind of got on to her, oh, you don't, don't make that face. And we got to talking about it later um, after they'd gone to bed and after correct good parenting could have happened. We were talking about it later that she's six and so if she sees someone make a face and she thinks, I'm going to try that face. She doesn't know. And so for us, a lot of parenting is just assuming that they're learning. This, this next step is, well, I, they're learning something right now. Even though this might not be a face we like, it's still something she's learning. And so, okay, well, you're not in trouble. We're just teaching you that you don't, don't make that face to anyone ever. Because it's not healthy for you to do that. And so, it, but what, what happens is, I've seen people make that face, and so I am, I am basing my whole um, existence, like my whole brain on the people that make that face are being mean, and so now my daughter's being mean. She wasn't being mean. She was just trying something out. And so, I, what I want is for her to have a good future, so I should not make decisions based on my past. Paul, or not Paul, Peter addresses our tendency to behave a certain way at this present moment uh, in 1 Peter 4. He talks about, he says, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourself also with the same intention. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has finished with sin. So as to live for the rest of your earthly life no longer by human desires, but by the will of God. How many of you have an affinity for something like a food that's unhealthy for you? Yeah, okay. Wasn't asking for a show of hands, but Wendy does. And no one else. Uh, no, I, the other day I was cleaning out my car, and apparently at one point recently um, someone had a, a, a McDonald's biscuit in my car. And so there are McDonald's biscuit crumbs in my car. And I didn't think, ooh, gross, there's old food in my car. I thought, ooh, a biscuit. <laughs> like, like eating, eating that isn't very good for my future. But my past has told me that's delicious. And so I've got to make a, cho a choice. Am I going to live off of the way that I've always lived? Or am I going to do something of a healthier calling? And Peter here is saying the same thing in a way. He says to live for the rest of your earthly life. You've got this life that you've got to live. To live for the rest of your earthly life. No longer by human desires. Not by what you've tasted or been tempted by or given into in the past. But... For the will of God. 
And see, if you're going to live by the will of God, it's going to change you in the future. It's going to change you in what's coming up. The will of God is going to change your future direction. It's going to change your trajectory. And here he says, he deals with, he says the will of God, we're going for the rest of your earthly life, no longer by human desires, but by the will of God. You have already spent enough time doing what the Gentiles or what the pagans do, living in licentiousness, passion, drunkenness, revels, carousing, and lawless idolatry. Okay, all of those were some very fancy words for some words I don't want to say in church. Um. They're basically saying living as you please. But how you have pleased to live has not suited you all that well so far. Now it might have had some good things and some bad things. But when you just give in to your own earthly desires. Instead of giving in to the will of God. Those things might be pleasing for the moment. But they go away and they leave you right where you've always sat. You have spent enough time living that way. You have. You've spent. Like, we have time to spend. And it would be, it would be good if you went ahead and acknowledged that the time is not a renewable resource. Time is something that goes away. That my time with my wife, as I spend time with Rachel, I have at that moment less time to spend with her. We are, we are losing time. You are heading toward a time where you will live with God eternally, but your moments here on earth are numbered. And you have so little time really to do anything with. James says it's like a vapor. Just here today, gone tomorrow. Your life needs to be made the most of. A lot of times when you spend... When you spend your life just doing what your flesh wants you to do. When you spend your life just doing what Satan wants you to do. Doing what you're tempted to do. Doing what you've always done. You are wasting that life. You are not spending your life appropriately. Paul, Peter says, you have spent enough time. Doing this or that thing, whether it's worry like we talked about last week, whether it's um, gossip, whether it's judgment, whether it's beating up yourself because you, God, doesn't, God doesn't dislike you as much as you, did, you dislike you. <laughs> whatever it is, whatever time you've spent, whatever you've, time you've wasted doing these things, you're, you're, you're aiming your trajectory at an earthly life instead of aiming your trajectory at a heavenly one. You're, you're doing things that are wasting your time. And he says, you have spent enough time doing this. You've spent enough time doing it. A lot of you know what this feels like. A lot of you have lived a life where you had this thing that you did, and it was just a disaster for your life. 
whether it was an addiction or whether it was a relationship that you had or whether it was practice or whether it was a sin, but you just kept committing. We have so many people in this church who have come out of addiction. I don't know if you know that. Come out of addiction and they're, they're, they're living lives as addicted people but not giving in to the addiction. You give up that way of life. You stop wasting time. You stop spending time in places where it won't reap you any benefits. Peter says, you have, I've called Peter, Paul, at the beginning of calling him Peter every time so far. I'm like 0 for 8 on that. (laughs) I'm going to nail it. Peter says that that there is a, um, that there, there is a will, a higher will than your own. Not just what you want, but what God wants for you. The will of God, the will of God is what, what he has called you, it's called, how he's called you to live. It's how he's called you to spend your time. Because your time is numbered and it's valuable. When things are, are um, there's not very many of them, they are more valuable. Your time is rare. Most of the people who have ever lived, ever, are dead. And that's mostly what they'll be. There's a comedian who says, we are all just dead people who haven't died yet. Our time is so... Like what you are doing today matters. What you, are, what you do tomorrow matters in the trajectory of your life. It will change things. But here's the, here's the problem. When you say, when you say today, really what we're talking about is repentance. When you say today I'm going to repent. The problem is going to be that when you change, you're going to cause ripples in your part of the pool. And people aren't going to like you changing Notice the first time you go to get your hair did, which is not uh, uh, not the only place gossip happens. Well, let's just acknowledge that it happened there. You go get your, your hair fixed and nice, and someone says, oh, did you hear about Jennifer? I don't know if we have any Jennifers here with us today. I thought it was a safe name to pick. Did you hear? You'll say most of the time you would have said, oh, tell me. <laughs> and if you have seconds, I'll take those too. But that one time you decide, you know, if it's her business, I don't think we should be talking about it because I wouldn't want anybody talking about me. The one time you're brave enough to repent, it's going to cause some ripples in the pool. And people are not going to like it. But look what Peter says. They, the world, are surprised that you no longer join them in the same excesses of dissipation. And so they blaspheme. So they'll talk bad about you or so they'll um, talk bad about the God that you follow. And that was the case in Peter's world. Now, your friends might not talk bad about the God you follow, but they might talk bad about you. 
Which, by the way, if you have friends who talk about all your other friends when they're not there, guess what's happening when you're not there? They shan't be trusted. He says that you're going to cause some ripples and they are not going to like it. They will have to give an accounting to him who stands ready to judge the living and the dead. There is only so much time to mess with. You've only just got so much time. Why are you wasting it on you? When you could invest it in something so much bigger than yourself. And you may cause some ripples and you may cause some confrontations and you may cause some conflict when you turn and say, I'm not walking the same path everybody else is walking. Because my time is valuable. So I'm going to spend my time talking positively about people. I'm going to spend my time uplifting others. I'm going to spend my time in healthy activities. I'm going to spend my time in prayer. I'm going to spend my time with people I love. I'm going to spend my time at church, with my church, in my small groups. By the way, if you haven't joined a small group, get to it. There, we have plenty of space. Um, if, you want, if, if you want to be a part of a small group and you, have, and you don't have, know which one you go to, go talk to uh, Tracy. Or come talk to me. Preferably go talk to Tracy. Um, Tracy can tell you which, which small group could use you. And where you would fit well. Where you would in, what, This would be a benefit to you. It is worth your time. Developed a policy a while back to say. Um, if I won't regret it. I'll try it. If I, if I don't think I'll regret it. This has led me to some things that I typically wouldn't do. I went to an MMA practice with my brother-in-law and almost died. <laughs> Wrestling a grown man. <laughs> what? Why not? I might get a story out of it. I might just have this experience. Now I've got this experience in my experience wallet that I can pull out and cash in and use. I don't know how to fix a toilet. Let's try. I regretted that. I'll say that. <laughs> but there, there is a... There, there's, there's so, this, this life that we've been given, this life that lasts, um, if you're lucky, um, this, this, the psalmist says 80 years. It says again in Proverbs, 80 years. Uh, it could... Could be 85, 90, maybe uh, you, you make it to 100, 120. They're not interviewing any 130 year olds from Good Morning America. You have a limited amount of time. And it's valuable. So you've got to decide how am I spending my time? And if, am I just reacting to what has always happened? Am I just letting my past determine my present? Or am I deciding to take my present by the horns and aim the trajectory in a new location? That's when you decide I have spent enough time living out just reacting to what has happened. Living to my earthly desires. Living in the flesh. But I am now going to live to the will of God and it is going to change my life. It's not just going to change uh, everything immediately but it's going to change your trajectory and that's all we're caring about right now. 
You're not going to be a new person on Monday, but the little changes you make on Monday, the further changes you make next week, the further changes you make in June, the slow progression, the slow maturity of Jesus, the, the, what the will of God will do in your life, you will be a new person when you reach 20 years from now. It will change the tra trajectory of your life. You have spent enough time living that way. You just have. You're wasting it. You're wasting it. I, uh, when, I, when I talk to teenagers, I once had a teenager tell me, what is, what's so wrong with swearing? Ask that question. Where, where in the Bible does it tell me not to swear? I said, well, it doesn't have a list of words in the Bible that says you shouldn't say but you sound stupid when you do it. Not, not just everybody who's ever let a swear word slip, you know, like ham, hammer dropped on your foot, which is a weird thing to happen, but like, um, that's, that's gonna, people, listen, people swear. I, I'm actually pretty proud that I'm a preacher that people swear around. <laughs> I am. For some reason, they don't care. And, that sort of makes me happy. Some of you were just like, sweet, I can start swimming. Uh, <laughs> but this is, I just, I tell teenagers, come up, explore some adverbs, why don't you? Like figure out how to use the English language. There's more words than just those four letter ones. There's some great nine letter words. Try those on for size. Learn things, read a book for goodness sake. It's not just about, like, well, I'm not sinning and I'm, I'm sinning. Is what you're doing right now aiming you in the direction of the will of God? That's the question you've got to ask. It's not, is this sin or not? Paul says, everything is permissible to me. But is everything beneficial? This is... This is a lie. We are trying to decide whether or not what we're doing right now is pushing us closer to God or pulling us further away. It's not a matter of salvation anymore. It's a matter of relationship. Because if you're in a relationship with God, you will find salvation. And so does this thing help our relationship with others and with God? And if it doesn't, let's quit. If it does, let's just keep doing it and find other things like it. Because your time is valuable. Your time, the way you spend your time right now, matters. Lon was an excellent example to his fellow inmates. I, I believe a lot of people started following Jesus because they first started following Lon. While he was in prison did so much good. And while he would have rather not have been in prison, there was a moment where he had to decide, I'm going to stop wallowing in my past and start living for the will of God. What have you spent enough time doing? What have you wasted your time on? Probably something. 
And if you can't, if it can't come to your mind right now, I guarantee you this week you'll do something and you'll think, oh my goodness, I'm wasting my time doing this. This is a waste of my time. Worry, waste of your time. Gossip, waste of your time. Just getting angry at every little thing, a complete waste of your time. It's not worthy of how valuable time is. And you have spent enough time doing it. If you need to repent this morning, you say that I've spent enough time in this part of my life, in this part of my life, I've spent enough time doing all this mess. And I want to change. Today's the day. Why waste the time you get the rest of the day? Why waste the valuable time you get on Monday? Don't waste it doing something else. But instead, <coughs> spend it on something valuable. Spend it living out the will of God. Change the trajectory of your life. I think it's about time. Let's stand and sing. 9.22.